Hey beautiful souls, my name is Aralua and welcome to the Fierce Feminine Rising. Join me every Wednesday where together we grow and experience how our emotions, which we were taught for years was our weakness, can actually be the superpower that makes the life of our dreams a reality. If you are new here, be sure to click that follow button as it does help the show grow and it also lets you know when I upload a new episode. Hey Fierce Feminines, as you can see from the title, we're going to be talking about self-love today. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we have got a special guest. But before we get into it, I want to get take this moment to say Happy Valentine's Day. Hope you are having <laughs> Trista, I love it. <laughs> Guys, for those of you listening on the audio... <laughs> Trista's currently being like the cheerleader as I speak so it's just funny to watch I'm trying so hard not to interrupt you but I'm just very excited about everything you're saying I love it guys as you can see we're already off to a good start so that's good you can tell the energy of this episode is going to be great which is what we want because on the fierce feminine where all things confidence all things self-love so she is the perfect guest to have on here and without further ado trista can you please introduce yourself yes i would love to hello my name is trista polo i live in maryland in the u.s and i am a coach you know i've i've said to, i'm the speaker i'm a trainer i'm a coach i'm an author i'm all these things and what i realized i really am I'm a mindset entrepreneur for women. Mm -hmm. So I help women with things that have to do with their mindset, anywhere from growing your self-worth, which helps with your life, as well as your business, raising your self-love, falling more deeply in love with yourself, being better in skills in business, having more accountability in your life and business. So that's me. I've been doing this for, it's been about 17 years now. Oh, wow. And I work with... CEOs of local companies. I work with C-suite in large corporations and solopreneurs and everything in between. For me, it's about helping people be more authentically themselves so they can communicate and create more deeper, deeper relationships and more effective relationships so they get better results in their life and in their business. Honestly, Tristan, it's so interesting you said that, even just trying to introduce yourself. And this is not going to be the topic for today, but I, I completely get it with the coaching because it is so beneficial, the coaching skill, and you can help so many areas of people's lives that yes. sometimes it's like, I, I want to do this, but I also want to do that, but I also want to help them with this. And I, I completely get it, but I feel like you did a good job actually summarizing what oh, you did. And I quite like your mention of the mindset entrepreneur, did you call it, for women? Yes, mindset like entrepreneur that. for women. Okay. I want to say I read recently, it was actually a, a Jennifer Lopez was speaking, actually it was a video, and Jennifer Lopez was speaking about how we're, we're told we can't be beautiful and smart. We can't be mothers and moguls. We can't be business owners and also entrepreneurs that we have to choose who we are. And what she said was, why can't we be all the things? As women, we want to create, we're, we're creators of life. So we, why exactly. would we want to not, why would we stop 
and our family, we want to create in all areas. And so I feel like that's why I have a hard time like you kind of nailing down myself. <laughs> I'm like a modern day Renaissance woman. <laughs> Honestly, I Tristan, I think for half of my life, that was my challenge, trying mm. to fit myself into a box because I was told I had to be in a box. And we are going to come on to self-love in a moment and just talking about the self. Um, but before we get into it, guys, Trista actually has written a book. Trista, can you can you tell us what the, the name of the book is? I can tell you the name of the book. It is <laughs> Self-Love Shenanigans, The Awesome Journey to Unleash Your Confidence. You can't really <laughs> say it, it without getting excited. <laughs> well, this is the thing. So when you told me about the book, which it, when it, it's been published and it's been launched very soon. Um, but when Trista told me about it and I saw the title, I was like, yes, please. Like, yes, let's please. talk about it. Let's get into it. So well, Trista. You know, yes. when it launches, it's, it is scheduled to publish on Valentine's day, self-love Valentine's be your own Valentine. Now I want to be clear. It's not about Valentine's day. It's not about choosing to be alone or anything like that. It's just about falling more deeply in love with yourself inside. That's all inside work. And everyone, no matter what our relationship status is and how we feel about Valentine's day, uh, I think we can all have more love for ourselves. Exactly. And that's exactly why I chose this particular topic. And I chose to have it on Valentine's Day, because like you said, it's not about Galentine's. It's like we're not going to cover it in any certain title. We're talking self-love, like love for yourself before any other relationship, before expressing love in any, any other relationship. And I find the validity in that. And I find the importance of that, especially on a, on a, on a podcast like The Fierce Feminine Rise. And so Tristan, maybe we can start by telling us what you define as self-love. Well, that's such a deep question. Self-love is the acceptance of you, the belief that you deserve all the best life has to offer, the willingness to be forgiving of yourself. When we think about unconditional love, that's what I strive for, for myself. And that's what I believe we all could have more of for ourselves. Because when we have more love for ourselves, we have more to offer others. So I really, I think that your yes. outside love <laughs> can only be authentically as much as your self-love. I think it's, it's really, a, it can't go higher. I can't love you more than I love myself authentically. Honestly, Trista, I hear you. So my recent quote to everyone around me has been, how can you fill the cup of others if your cup is empty? Yes. And I completely hear you as well. And we, we are going to talk, we're going to get into it because I really, I'm curious when you, when you speak of self-love shenanigans mm -hmm. and your journey to confidence, I'm curious to number one, what inspired you to write the book? And also, because I imagine it's from your experience, but I just want to know, like, let's start with that. What inspired you to write the book? Have you ever felt like you know a lot, you've learned a lot, but you po couldn't possibly have any value to share others? 
you constantly are looking to learn, 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 learn. Like, I don't know enough. I'm not an expert enough. That's how I felt. Mm. And I really wanted to, I really wanted to speak my truth. I felt like I had something to say. I meditate and journal daily. I had a lot of really good juicy stuff come out in my journaling in the morning, but who was I? Who was I to speak about this topic? And then I woke up one morning and I realized just as I am right now in my pajamas, you know, messy hair, I probably forgot to take my makeup off the morning, (laughs) last night. So I had mascara under my eyes, eyes. (laughs) definitely looking, you know, a little uh, shaggy. I realized that in that moment, I was still perfect. I was still awesome. I was still powerful. I was still a force to be reckoned with. And that's when I came up with the brand I now have and my website and my company name, which is I Woke Up Awesome. And the idea is I am awesome just as I am. There's nothing to be fixed about me. I am perfect exactly as I am right now. Now, do I have things that I make mistakes? Do I have things I wish I did or said differently, things to apologize for, be responsible for in my life? Absolutely. I'm not saying perfect like you never mess up, but perfect like you are perfect. Some would say you're a reflection of God or you are the embodiment of God. And you have nothing to apologize for about who you are because who you are is a result of every experience you've had, every choice you've made. And so the self-love journey came from there. And I was thinking about a course I was actually working on. I have a self-worth course that was email-based and I took it down because I wanted to improve it and, and make it better and turn it into a real robust course And I think it was probably the pandemic when we were all home trying to find things to do so that we didn't go stir crazy in our houses. (laughs) And I started looking at what I could talk about, what I could write about. And I realized if I focus on everything I've learned about self-love and the fact that loving yourself is the first step to loving others, that I had a lot to say about that. And that's really how the journey started And then all of a sudden I was writing it and I realized that there was too much to put in one book. And so how was I going to say everything? So I kept it to the most important things Mm. and they're, they're pretty standard things, but I put my own story and my own spin on, on it and my own excitement and my own weirdness and my own humor. And I'm excited to say, you know, when you put something out in the world, that's your words, when you're used to quoting and repeating other people's words. When you put something out in the world, it can be a little daunting. Like, is this any good? How is this going to be received from the outside? Hmm. I've really positive feedback so far from my beta readers. And I'm so thrilled about that because what started as a journey of, I have a lot of knowledge. I'm going to put it down and see what happens is turning into a movement that we can love each other ourselves we can have fun doing it and there's a lot we can level up inside. So it's interesting you say that Trista and like I, I I did guess that it would be from your personal experiences and you're making me think back on my experience and when I started to really focus on self-love 
Um, I mean, for me, it was at a point in my life where I almost felt like I'd lost everything I was working towards, like the marriage. The So I had like an engagement which ended mm. and I felt like, the life that I was supposed to be building was slipping away from me. And that was what really started to put me into the whole self-love journey. And like you said, start to focus on loving myself before, um, before I can have any profound love with anybody else. But one thing I was thinking about when you were talking is, and that's what drew, drew me to the book, because you talk about it being the journey to confidence in that moment when I found my self-love and trying to figure out what self-love was and who I was as a person I I realized that I was only using that as like a way to have a healthier relationship specifically romantic relationship but now I'm starting to understand it's it goes beyond that right it goes beyond romantic relationship it goes beyond it's literally in in, in uh, what's it called it covers every area of your life absolutely absolutely and, you know, the more I love myself, the more I can have a healthy relationship with my husband. We've been married. You talk about relationships. So I'll just touch on that. I talk about it a little bit in the book, as much as I felt comfortable respecting my husband, not, you know, being a co-writer of the book. <laughs> We've been married. It'll be 27 years, I think, 27 years this year. Oh, wow. And there was a time right around the 10 year mark that I thought we were not going to make it. And my story is different than many in that I chose to stay. And that is not, by the way, a reflection on my opinion about anyone else's relationship. No one knows what's going on behind your door. And True. so each of us have to make our own decisions. And so I just wanted to say that out loud because I've been told, wow, most people would have left if it wasn't working and you weren't happy. So I just put that out there for the record. <laughs> so I have a fear and I say have because I, I kind of think of it like people that are part of Alcoholics Anonymous, et cetera. They say they are in recovery the rest of their lives. And I, I believe that if you have issues with worth, if you have issues with self-love, it never goes away. The difference is you have that self-doubt and then what do you do in the next moment? So in the next moment, instead of believing it's real and believing it's true and letting yourself spiral into thoughts that don't serve you, you can arrest them and you can say, cancel, cancel, or you can find an affirmation that's opposite of the fear you just thought out loud, or you can find gratitude for the thing you're really upset about. So it's the thing you do in the next moment, but I have, a fear that my husband is going to cheat on me, leave me for somebody else, and I'll be left alone and unable to take care of myself, you know, just like this whole world. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably something that a lot of women have. And mine comes from generational experiences, and it also comes from personal experiences with other relationships. And so for the first 10 years, I'm going to be really honest and tell you that I would sabotage our relationship at every opportunity. Now, what I thought was happening was I was just protecting myself. Mm. There's a story that he still brings up and this is about me. So I'll share it. I was at home in our apartment this is before we were married and I found a hair, a long brown hair on our mirror or on the 
counter. So I found some mm-hmm. long hair that I was like, that can't be mine. Whose hair is this? You know? <laughs> and oh, that's what it was. It was on like, it was on a counter and I taped it to the mirror with a note. <gasps> Whose hair is this? <gasps> no. So he still brings it up because they're, <laughs> you know, a little, a little over the top. But the thing is like, I was always looking for evidence. I was always waiting for him to betray me. And we got to a point where I didn't think I could stay in the relationship because I was so miserable and he wasn't doing enough to prove to me that he was loyal. So a friend of mine said, you know, there's this course about communication that I, I think you might want to check out. And I went to it and it made me realize that I was creating the relationship in my perception of it. Mm-hmm. And he could never be a better husband than I thought he could be or that I believed I deserved. And how sad that I gave him so little credit that I didn't think he, like, how could he be a good husband if he would have chosen me? I don't deserve someone good in my life. I don't deserve loyalty. Mm -hmm. So I think about relationships and I think about how I treated him and thank goodness he did not fulfill my biggest desire, which was for him to cheat on me. He never Mm -hmm. did. But I, I realized that I was responsible for the relationship being the way it was, not him. And we repaired it and we healed and we are still together and we're best friends and we're stronger than ever. ever. And the pandemic, we fell more in love with each other, not less. <laughs> so, you know, self-love really does play a huge part because if I didn't believe I deserved a good man, I would never have one. How could I? Mm-hmm. I got lucky enough that I had a good man in spite of my beliefs. I'm not sure how I did that. I feel like that was a gift from somebody, God, <laughs> whatever you call it, mm-hmm. uh, knew I, I had some work to do and, and that would allow me to heal in, in that moment, in that process. So Trista, actually, while you were sharing that story, you mentioned or you alluded to something which I found is important in the self-love self-love journey and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it so in your conversation as honestly I suppose with yourself when you were reflecting on your relationship you mentioned about having that pause and having the moment and understanding where the role you had to play and the thoughts you were creating in your head and the perception you were having and listening to you I'm like so that takes a level of ownership and a level Mm -hmm. of accountability yes so do you want to talk to us about the element and the level of accountability and ownership that is required to help you on your self-love journey oh my gosh I'm so glad you asked this question (laughs) because well first of all the answer is the short answer is Mm -hmm. 100% responsibility I am 100% responsible for how my relationships go with myself and with others, period, end of story. And by the way, responsibility does not mean a burden. It's actually freedom from victim. It's freedom from blame. It's freedom from shame (laughs) because I can be 100% responsible. That means I have control over how it goes. Like how freeing is that? I'm no longer at the mercy of my environment. So that's the short answer. <laughs> I, when, I, 
when I was reviewing and editing, when you write a book, you, you review it a lot. And then you have to give yourself a deadline because otherwise you'd be editing it and adding to it and moving from it forever. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I realized I have things in there about boundaries. I think that's really important. But I also realized that what was missing from the book, I, I started with 20 chapters and then it was down to 13. And I was like, okay, this book has everything in it that it needs. And I realized that there was something important really missing. And that was how have your self-love deficits affected the people in your life? And do you have anything to apologize for? Hmm. And that's when I started talking about my marriage. That's actually where in the book that is. And it's chapter 13, right before we conclude and say, you know, okay, now we've got all these great things. Now, how do you keep it going past reading this book? Because the most of the book is about me and my relationship with me. Mm -hmm. But I realized it wasn't a complete story if I didn't talk about my relationship with everybody else. (laughs) Because we don't live alone. We're not in a vacuum. Don't matter how much, by the way, I love being in my house. (laughs) And and I love not leaving my house. And my friends will tell you that. (laughs) They will tell you that. I completely get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I was finally ready to start going out and networking. And I joined an amazing networking group and I've joined our local chamber and I've just been out and about, but only just really recently since we moved to our current area, we just moved here in July. And I had a two hour conversation with somebody that I met through all my different networking avenues and channels. And 30 minutes after we met, she called and said, I need to tell you that I just tested positive for the C. And I said, all right, well, let me look it up on CDC and what do they recommend? Mm -hmm. And it was 10 days without, you know, getting in front of anybody. If you do make sure you wear a tight fitting mask, it was a whole thing. And I said, all right, I can stay home for 10 days. And I had a friend who said, please don't use this as an excuse (laughs) to not go out. I'm like, oh, you know me. (laughs) You know me. (laughs) You were, you were locked and loaded to go. As soon as you mentioned it, I was like, I can't leave now. Clearly, clearly I cannot leave my house. (laughs) Exactly. I did go out last night to another networking event. I got back on the horse, right? Because it's all made up stuff in our heads. Mm. All the fears that we have, all of the anxieties that we have. I'm not minimizing it. I'm not minimizing mental health. Mental health is super important. But it comes from in here. Because we believed something that we told ourselves or someone told us a long, long time ago. And then we repeated it enough times that it became the truth. And what if every thought we think is not the truth, but is something that we could reprogram or make a different choice? So I did go to an event last night. Very proud of myself that I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what, Trista, you mentioned something which I think is very valuable as well, because so you, you said that we, a lot of us have to understand that these thoughts we have have been re- they've been programmed and reprogrammed over and over again into our heads because yes. the the reason i'm saying that and i was going to pose that question to you because i hear even clients who come to me and they want to work on their confidence a lot of them are like 
I know the theory. <laughs> I've read up all these self-help books, but I still find myself in the situation. And one thing I do say to people is that I think that's a good thing. And that's something we can actually take advantage of. The fact that a lot of it is learned behavior. And the great thing about learned behavior is you can choose to unlearn it. But what I find is a lot of people don't give themselves the patience, neither do they give themselves the appreciation of the fact that the narrative they currently have in their head that might be impacting them in a negative way, they've had that for years. But then they expect one self-help book, one podcast episode <laughs> to immediately, magically make it go away. It's true. I, I was... If you looked, if it looked like I was doing something, I actually, there's a part in my book that I was going to reference. I won't try and find it now for the sake of time. It's about the fact that affirmations, there's a section of my book on affirmations. I believe greatly in them. I have my favorites. I also use the opposite, which is if I have a really negative thought or I start to self-doubt, I'll pick the opposite of that as an affirmation and just say it to myself a few times. When we first start using affirmations, as the example I'm using, they don't seem real. And the information that I was trying, I was going to reference is there's a there's a process that you can use, and the first step to that process is believe the affirmation. Because if you don't believe it, it doesn't work. Now, sometimes just saying it enough times, you'll believe it. There's an advertising and marketing philosophy that has been proven with science and lots of testing that if you see or hear something enough, even if you do not believe it, eventually you will change your mind. And so that's why songs, sometimes you don't like them at first, but then you hear it on the radio 5,000 times and then all of a sudden it's your favorite. It's that kind of thing, like your brain gets accustomed to something and then it, it owns it. So that's true with the negative thoughts, like when we're a kid and we hear you're no good or you're never going to make it or whatever it is, we can maybe not believe it at first. That's not true. That's not true. But if we hear it enough, our brain starts to believe it. That's science. That's neural. That's, you know, your neurological pathways working. And so I love affirmations. Again, it's something I'm not, I didn't invent them. I'm not the first person to write or talk about them, but they're so powerful and I remember there was one, uh, I use it a lot. It's you deserve all the best life has to offer and you were created with the ability to achieve it. Hey everybody, this is the self-love shenanigans takeover. It looks like I'm the host now. Let's go. So while we are waiting for our host to get back, I want to share a very special Valentine's Day self-love shenanigan right from my pre-gift I sent to everybody on my launch list and you could join that list too. Just go to IWokeUpAwesome.com and find the self-love shenanigans book page and it's right there. But write yourself a love letter to yourself for Valentine's Day. Okay, so guys, I know I, I'm really experiencing FOMO right now because I literally just missed out on Christmas Day. But I do remember we were talking about affirmations and one thing I was going to say to you because I know you said you firmly believe in affirmations. And I was going to say, I have a bit of not necessarily a love-hate relationship with affirmations. I've got a love slash questionable relationship 
without tell me <laughs> because so I but I think it goes back to what you were saying where with affirmations you have to believe it right but the more you say it the more you start to believe it so when you when I've noticed when people start off and even myself what I found was that it created like a pseudo effect so it would work for like five seconds and then the intrusive thoughts come back and be like how dare you think you're confident do you really think you could pull it off but and it would it will I feel like it will come back 10 times worse and this was at the start of the affirmation journey um and I was like well so do they really work if they're only or is it really just a band-aid but I think you kind of answered my question when you started to go into you may start off and it may feel very weird and it may yes. feel uncomfortable, but the more you do it, you more, the more you start to believe it, basically. It's true. It's like a habit. They say you need to do something for 21 days to make it a habit or whatever the number is. I feel like the number keeps changing, but I'm just going <laughs> to use 21. It's the same thing. If you do an affirmation once, it will not work, I promise. In fact, you probably will come back 10 times more with that's not right. This is the truth. You're garbage, which is what I would say to myself. The thing is, when we have those thoughts, they're not there by accident. They're there for a reason. And that reason is that our brain does everything it can to protect us from harm and death. And there was something about that thought from wherever it occurred I think of it like the original thought. So if I think I'm garbage, it didn't start that way. Yeah, the, the thought didn't start out, you're garbage. Nobody has ever said that to me. There was some original thought, if I were to trace that thought back in time to the original thing that happened to me, where I made a decision as like a five, six, seven, eight-year-old, I was not qualified to make decisions about who I am in the world. Mm -hmm. That's when we made all of these important decisions about who we're going to be in the world. And then every thought after that reinforced it so our brain could keep us alive and safe. You know, it goes back to cave times when we were running from bears. Now we're running from a different kind of bear. And I actually have that in my book. And I'm going to tell you what it is. <laughs> I have bears and I have it written down so I don't mess it up. I have bears as B is boundaries. Okay. You know, we are afraid of people pushing into our boundaries, breaking our social norms. We're afraid of looking different. And so we hide our true light so that nobody crosses over into our boundaries and so that we don't feel unsafe when we go out into the world. E is exposure. We're afraid that we'll be vulnerable in front of others and they'll reject us or kick us out of the tribe. If we were out in those times when we were being chased by bears mm -hmm. and we were kicked out of the tribe and had to fend for ourselves, we were as good as dead. So we need to be accepted to be safe from that neurological ancestral point. Mm -hmm. A is adversity. We have a fear of facing challenges and adverse situations. What if we fail? Failure to the brain can feel like potential death. If I fail, I may not survive it. R is risks, fear of taking risks and facing possible failure or ridicule. And then of course, S is self-doubt, kind of the opposite of self-love, which is lacking the confidence or questioning your abilities. So that's like the new bears in our lives. That's what's chasing us every single day. And it's real 
fear that we have and our brain's really just trying to keep us alive so we can forgive it. Mm. We can forgive it for maintaining all of these horrible things we've said to ourselves over the years that were said to us by someone else or that we decided about ourselves based on an experience that we had. And as soon as we realize it's just our programming and it's not necessarily the truth, then we can make a different choice. And we can forgive the six, seven, eight-year-old because she was just doing the best she could in that moment. She was just trying to survive with all of the knowledge that she had, which clearly was not going to be what she has now as a 20, 30, 40, 50, 70, 100-year-old. One thing I was going to say before we close out is if there is one takeaway you would like us or any reader who picks up self-love shenanigan to do I have to stress it the whole title self-love shenanigan <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to <laughs> if there is let's just that's our nickname for the for the book self-love shenanigans <laughs> that's, that's right that's right <laughs> if there is one takeaway you would like us to leave on after reading the book or I suppose maybe let me let me change that question if I was to ask you, which might be hard because you wrote the book, but what is your favorite takeaway from the book? It's impossible to answer that. But what I will say is the mantra that I shared earlier is the takeaway I want you to have. And this is for you listening, whoever you are. I want you to really hear me. You deserve all the best life has to offer. And you were created with the ability to achieve it. And whatever happens in the moment after I say that to you, that's the work. No, I don't. Maybe maybe tomorrow. I used to until I, I, okay, fine, I believe you, but not really. Like whatever happened after I said that to you, that's the work. And so the takeaway is to own that and say it as many times as you have to, to own it. I like that. <laughs> honestly Trista so, so, so many times because I'm really wrapped into like the personal growth world self-help psychology everything to be honest sometimes yes. I do even I have to admit that I have an under an under appreciation of the knowledge that we share because sometimes I I think I come with the assumption like surely everyone knows this by now like are we overkilling the information yeah. yes <laughs> but really I like listening to you when you were talking I'm like if that can touch even just one person listening I see the difference that would make yes I am so glad you said that because we we don't give ourselves enough credit for what we have achieved and accomplished and know we women for sure probably men too uh but the idea that we know that everybody knows everything we know. I'm glad you said that. You said, what made you decide to start reading the book, writing the book? And I'm realizing now that that was part of it. Realizing that everybody doesn't know everything I know and my journey matters and to share it can make a difference for people. And I used to have, uh, I used to have an interview format show 
it's still up. It's still around uh, called uh, Trista's Plate Story Podcast. It was talking to people at Vanity Plates about why they chose the plate. And it really was a human interest and why all people are interesting kind of a podcast. But I had somebody on and her blog is called One Step Ahead. And the idea is if you're just one step ahead of somebody else on the journey, you have something valuable to contribute to them. So I'm sorry, I can't remember her name right this second. But if you search one step ahead, you should you should come up with it if you want to check it out. That's a good way to put it. I yeah, I definitely I hear that. And I think that also leans into the the message of community, because I know you mentioned when we were there was something you mentioned earlier about being able to. Oh, I think it was in beers, your acronym beers. And it I because when you were saying that, I was like, this is another thing I feel that can impact people's self-love journey. I feel like a lot of us just go through life thinking we're the only person going through it, but mm -hmm. being able to share. So I think even just knowing that you have this information, yes, Stacey might know it, but maybe speak to Stacey about it because then even that also impacts Stacey because now she's listening to you and thinking, I thought Trista was this like confident woman who had no self-doubt, no fear, nothing. Mm -hmm. So to hear that she has similar situations or similar scenarios to I to I do to to me, I find I find that powerful as well. Like just being able to share with community. Yes, agreed. It makes the access to the transformation more accessible, because if we only show people the result of the work, they're going to think I could never do that. I could never be that. Yeah. But they if they if they can see the journey then they can see that it's more accessible. It's more in reach for themselves. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And on that note, Trista, it was so lovely having you. And obviously before you go, please tell us where we can find the book. Yeah, so it comes out February 14th. If, you, if you're hearing this on February 14th, you can go to Amazon and look it up. It's called Self Love Shenanigans. The awesome journey to unleashing your confidence. Hi. Or you can look, yes, or you can look me up, Trista Polo, the author. You can also go to my website, iwokeupawesome.com. I have some really cool and fun takeaways for people who joined the list of updates, the pre-launch before the book came out. I'm gonna keep sharing those. You you won't get the introductory price if you buy it after the 14th, but the the gifts are awesome and I've gotten some great feedback on them. So I'm going to keep sharing those. So you can also get access to those at IWokeUpAwesome.com. Oh, that'll be good guys. So make sure, be sure I'll definitely put your website. I'll put all the links in the description anyway. Awesome. So if you're listening, then get on to the mailing list. I like freebies. I like gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Anything that can be shared with the audience. Yes, please. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> Trista, once again, I'm thankful to have you on and I'm sure the Fierce Feminine are also thankful to have you on the show. I've been so thankful to be here. It is wonderful to share with somebody who's very like-minded, who's been on her own journey because you have unique perspective that has made a difference for me as well. So thank you. Oh, thank and also and it was thank, fun. thank you for carrying the show when we had the technical glitch as well. Oh, listen, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if you still say that after you watch it. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go back and watch it now. <laughs> 
But thank you so much, Trista. Thank you. Make it a great day. So if you resonated with that episode, be sure to hit the follow button and tell your friend to tell a friend that we are sick and tired of reciting daily affirmations, listening to motivational speakers, reading self-help books, yet still being stuck in that soul-destroying job instead of taking the plunge into the dream career we deeply crave or starting that purposeful business we know will give us better fulfillment and free up more of our time to do more of the things we love. It is time for us to fiercely commit to ourselves and finally achieving our dreams, goals and desires, even if the thought overwhelms or scares the living daylight out of us. (sighs) 